and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the Debbie Debate. Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys, are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. He jumped up and... That's Austin Nate. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. For screen or draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Vernon, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I forgot. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Our apologies because her street ran out of time. We'll get to reschedule soon. And from that booming in Austin, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern time, the only time zone that hasn't committed to Colorado. That means it's time for the Debbie Debate, brought to you by CampusCanton.com. Matt Bruning is here, so, so is Austin Nace and Chris Moxley, and I'm Felix Sharp. On a Rocky Mountain version of tonight's show, we discuss Nick Harbour and his 6-6-60-meter dash, and we do our first C2C mock draft of the season. But we start with a special guest, two special guests, actually, Justice Haynes is a five-star running back, according to the composite. Consensus number three running back in the 2023 freshman class. He's committed to Alabama, where he's already enrolled. His father, Veron Haynes, was a fifth-round draft pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers and a member of the 2006 Super Bowl championship team. You can follow Justice at Justice Haynes 6 on Twitter, and you can follow Varon at Varon Haynes on Twitter. Um Justice, I think that that's where I want to start tonight with the 2006 Super Bowl. By my math, you were one or two years old. Um, okay, we've already had technical difficulties there. I think he's popping back in right now, it looks like. All right, he's coming. He's coming back. Very special guest for you. I know we've got Pops. Uh, dad, is, dad is here. Just, we just lost Justice. Um, Varen, was Justice one, two years old at that Super Bowl in Detroit in 2006? Yeah, he was, I think he was two. I think he was two. Yeah. What do you remember about having him in the locker room? So I remember, uh, his eyes, right? His eyes was like just 
huge because we were all smoking cigars and he was like, dad, what is that? Right? Like he's never seen, you know, cigar smokes and stuff like that. So we were kind of having fun and just, you know, enjoying the moment. The thing I remember about that game, and I think we got justice back here, is um, the the there was Antoine Randall all threw a touchdown pass in that game, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Do you remember? Hines stole my stole my ball, man. Hines <laughs> <laughs> guy ran up at the last minute because we were both in the same area, right? You know, like so. Nah, it's it's all good. It's all love. Hines. Do you remember what the play call was? Can you give us the terminology? Do you remember it? Oh, man. Man, no. I do not. All right, for the love of God, if you was to give me a million dollars right now, I wouldn't remember what the, that call was. Man, we had so many different trick plays, man. It was and, – and and here's the thing. The interesting part was we, we would practice it, like, in training camp and, like, we'd go away from it for a while and not come back to it until game week. And it's like, Oh shit, we still had that in the arsenal. And we, you know, so I, I, it wasn't like a base kind of offensive scheme or play or anything like that, that I would remember. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Justice is back with us. Justice. I, I think you were, you know, one or two or your pop said two years old at the time that you won the Super Bowl in 2006. I, were you old enough to even have memories from, from them? Do you remember being in, in the locker room? No, I do not. But, you know, I see a whole bunch of pictures throughout the house. and uh, We have pictures and stuff like that, but I do not remember it at all. Uh, in, in what ways would you say your father has influenced your football upbringing, your play style, preparation, work ethic, what have you? How has your father influenced that? Uh, he's influenced me by, you know, just showing me the way, you know, he made it to the highest level and just being able to know that and like take advice from him is really uh, something that uh, I love doing, you know, and just being able to like hear it from him because, you know, in order to make it where you want to go, you got to learn from someone that's made it there. And so I just listen to his advice and I want to make it to the next level. So just listen to every tips and pieces that he gives to me. Hey, Justice. Um, Grew up a big Steelers fan. I remember that Super Bowl very well. I was a freshman in, in high school, so this was uh, uh, cool to talk to, to you and your dad here about that. Um, you guys have Middle Tennessee State, your opening game this year coming up. I'm sure it'll be here before you know it. Um, music that you like to listen to that you think you'll be listening before that game, getting you ready, uh, getting your You're hype before field. you get out there. You're on the field. You're getting ready for pregame. You got the Beats headphones in. What three? Give me three songs that are playing pre-game uh, so, warm-ups. So pre-game, I'm kind of like a laid-back guy. So I'll start off usually with uh, the Bible. I always start off with the Bible. So I always start off with the Bible pre-game. And then uh, I'll switch over to this book called, called Relentless by Tim Grover. And then I listen to that. And then I'll turn on some Little Baby at towards the end of my warm-up. So... Love it. Those are my three things oh. I go to pregame. I love that. That's that's super cool. So a lot of guys have this, and thank you both for for joining us tonight. Like super super cool to talk to y'all. Was there a time, a moment, even if it was a different sport and it wasn't football, where you just said, "Okay, wait, 
I'm faster, I'm stronger, quicker, just better overall than these the dudes you're playing against. We're like, okay, maybe, maybe this is legit. Like maybe, you know, you're that special kind of athlete that you, you know, had that light bulb go off in your head. Was there a time you said? Yeah. Uh, yes. I feel like ever since like I was a young kid, you know, I remember, uh, I can remember it like vividly, like my first time ever playing football, getting on that, uh, field, uh, playing flag for the purple Eagles. Um, and just going out there and just, you know, kind of just flying past kids, uh, then I remember mo- moving up. I played a grade up, and so they moved me up, and that was something special. I remember making this all the championships and stuff like that, but then also in baseball as well, just hitting home runs, uh, striking people out, stuff like that, throwing people out of the plate. Did When you were playing flag as a kid, whether peewee, you know, when you were six, seven, eight years old, there's got to be some kid that you made fall with a juke move, and you'll never forget it. Tell us that story. <laughs> Ooh, uh, make fall with a juke move. I don't. I don't remember. I I had made plenty of kids uh, when I was younger, like fall, but I don't remember a kid vividly. I remember going at it with my boys in in practice. That's what I really remember. You know, my closest buddies now just going at it. That we still talk about how we used to go at it in practice and make each other better. So that was probably what I remember the most. Justice, you were recruited all over the country. Um you know, visits everywhere. What do you have a weirdest question that you were asked on the recruiting tra- trail that sticks uh, out? Weirdest question. Not really. I got asked straightforward questions most of the time. They're pretty straightforward. You know, I, I got questioned a lot, you know, are you going to Georgia? Cause you know, my dad went there. That was probably the most, publicized question, uh, you know, expecting me to go to Georgia and stuff like that. Uh, that actually brings me to, to another uh, pops. Now you played the game. I'm imagining when you played the game, you had no fear, especially at the running back position, especially in the AFC North. How do you feel when you're watching your son play? Hold my breath, man. Every time, dude, it's different. I'd much rather take the hits, right? It's just like when they were little, you much rather you be sick than the kids. You know, you rather take that sickness for them. But you know, you 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 put it in God's hands. Right? I um I honestly know that He prepares well for His. Uh, he prepares His craft well. So anything that happens has got to be the Lord, right? So I just give it to God, give it to God, and trust in Him, man, because. You know, I've known that he's physically, mentally prepared for any challenge that he's faced. All right, Justice, I know you haven't been with the program long. All right, I'm going to ask you some questions about your teammates, okay? No, you haven't you've been with Alabama about a month, so we saw that you practicing uh, for the bowl game. Who's the teammate that's most likely to make you laugh? Make me laugh? There's a funny. There's a lot of funny guys on the team. Uh, maybe laugh. Probably Kobe. Kobe Prentice. Kobe, Kobe, I could always rely on Kobe to make me laugh. Or Jalen Hill. Jalen Hill. Jalen. Jalen. Yeah. Funny wide receiver room. Yeah, we have a funny wide receiver group. They're all hilarious. Love it. 
Love it. What about what about teammate you want to have your back in a fight? If you're out there and you got to pick one of them to step up for you, who, who are you picking? It's got to be an offensive lineman or defensive yeah. lineman. It's got to be. Uh, I, I was probably thinking Caden Proctor, big KP. Um, yeah, or JC. JC's a massive human being too. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, we got one more question for you, okay? So we're we're doing kids are doing freshman kids. I don't know why I'm saying kids. People are doing freshman drafts, okay? With the college fantasy football. So you know yourself, Arch Manning, Dante Moore. Your team, your 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 uh, your running back uh, classmate there uh, at Alabama. Tell us why you think you should be a first round draft pick for for people in freshman drafts, considering Justice Haynes uh, in their for for their draft pick. Uh, I'm just a guy that's like you know I'm, I'm gonna come in, work hard, you know, find a way on the field any way I can. But uh, when I, when I do get that opportunity, and when uh, God blesses me with that opportunity. Uh, I'm gonna show my whole. I'm gonna be an overall complete player, uh, running the ball, catching the ball, um, blocking. I'm gonna do everything. Be a, a four down back, be able to stay on the field the whole game. So that's why I feel like I should be a first round pick. Well, uh, again, you can find Justice on the field, number twenty two for Alabama this season. You can find him on Twitter, Justice Haynes six. You can find Pops at Veron Haynes on twitter hey we you know what we got to do an nil dude where's where's what's the nil money looking like <laughs> yeah, <is that> what? <laughs> I said, what's the nil money looking like <laughs> hey, austin austin austin's our treasurer you know what we gonna you know i'm gonna talk to dad we gonna we're gonna make this happen all right we appreciate you gentlemen thank, <laughs> thank you for joining us appreciate it hey, yes, man. appreciate you thanks guys <laughs> uh hey you know what we like talking to the kids man we really do like talking to the kids we've had a been fortunate enough to talk to talk to some of them um uh, austin matt i want to talk about about alabama's depth chart and his opportunity to play this year you lose uh jameer gibbs behind him you have um Roydell williams you have jace mcclellan and i'm laughing Austin, you keep telling me Roydell Williams is going to be a thing. But then you got Jamarian Miller and then the two fresher, Richard Young and Justice. I think that he is going to have an opportunity. I think it's going to be a committee backfield. I don't think that Jace McClellan is going to get, you know, 50% of the touches this year. I think that he's going to have the opportunity to play. He said he's a four, four down back. I believe him. What do you think about his chances are of playing this year in that depth chart? I think the most important thing for them is that there's no Jameer Gibbs this year, right? Like coming in, like any, you know, any guy that you would bring in. From the portal there there they didn't bring in a guy there's nobody off the top of my head and chris I don't, I don't know if you've heard it like there's nobody that's like rumored to be entering the portal either like i think what they have now is what they're going to enter the season with or at least certainly camp and and the the the, the heart of the offseason here so i think that bodes really well for them you know middle tennessee state that first game that could be a game that they get in they've got they've got a couple other ones on their schedule here too i have it in front of me they have south florida like south florida is a bad team i could see them playing maybe and that one they've got chattanooga november 18th maybe that one's a little more likely it's a little further into the season uh maybe a, a bit more acclimated to things i think he's gonna have chances to at least you know get a handful of carries this year jamari miller did this year and in, in a backfield yeah. that looked very very similar and i don't i don't think you know justice is just as good if not a better kid a player coming into college so i i 
I don't think the odds are that bad that we see him get carries. He might still redshirt, but I, I think we see him get touches. 100%. Matt, what are your what are your impressions about him as a player? And you can give us your honest impre- impressions of of him as a player in a in a freshman running back class that we think is a little bit weaker than some of the previous year's classes. Yeah, I'm I'm actually really high on Justice. I feel like it's you, me, and Alfred are are really high on him. I know you and Alfred have him as your RB one. Like he's right there with me on Cedric Baxter. I've I've you know gone back and forth on whether or not I want him to be my RB one. I think he has everything. Like I talked a lot about this uh, early on when we did a lot of our first recruiting talks. Was like. I think he's really, really good at everything. And that matters going to Alabama, like because Nick Saban just tends to get the best out of you. And, and when you're a player and you go there. So I, I really like Haynes. I kind of agree with Austin. I, I think that he will get some run this year. I think he's going to be competing with Miller in, in that role. Like I, I'm, I'm torn between the two of you on Roydell and what I think he will. I don't think he's going to be a massive factor, but I do think he will get some carries which I then will obviously limit some of what Justice Haynes can do. But if he ends up being better than Miller, which I have him graded out better than what I had Miller coming in, maybe he's able to jump him and get some run. Like I think the the biggest kind of, I don't want to say loser here on that depth chart is probably Richard Young coming in in the same class because I don't think he's nearly as good as Justice Haynes. But we also saw him returning. I don't think he returned punts, but I know he's returned some kicks for Buford. Like we could see him. We know Nick Saban loves to throw these incredible athletes back there uh, for kickoff and punt returns. So I wouldn't even be surprised if we see him doing some special team stuff early on too, before he makes his way onto the field and gets some carries. But I, I really like him. Like I can definitely see the argument of him being our RB one in this class based on how much I, I think, or how good he is overall and how much he improved too, from his junior to senior year. Austin, I think when it's all said and done, he is going to be. I mean, he's. I think he's going to go between picks eight and twelve in the first round of freshman drafts. Is that fair? I think so. Depending on what the the remaining player pool that you have in your league looks like, like if yeah. you don't have any waivers, you know, maybe there's a couple of guys there. But yeah, I think he should be. I actually tweeted out today, like my my top, you know, the, the running backs that I think like I actually want to draft. There's only nine of them, I believe. And I had him in the group that probably should go in the first round, along with Cedric Baxter going to Texas and then Roderick Robinson, who's my RB2, who's going to Georgia. Um, I think was kind of like the the rebound plan, actually, funnily enough, after uh, Haynes flipped from Georgia to, to Alabama there. So, uh, But I, I think he, he should go no later than pick 12, 13, 14, somewhere in that range. No later than that. I agree. Um and I like we get to the opportunity to talk to them, especially since we're going to be drafting them. You kind of get to hear what their mentality is and, you know, just a glimpse uh, as to the type of person that they are. So, and obviously he's got NFL bloodlines with his, with his dad. So we thank both of them for joining us uh, today. Go ahead and like this video. we got to get some likes. I mean, who's bringing you fantasy content like we are, go ahead and like this video and subscribe to the channel. If you haven't already, um, all right, I want to transition here to talk about uh, Nick Harbor. Nick, he goes by Nick. Nick Harbor, he is – is he committed to South Carolina, Chris, or is he just crystal balled there? No, he's just crystal balled there. Uh, Shane Beamer is actually doing an in-home visit tonight. To, <laughs> yep, uh, yep. Relationship getting a little tense. <laughs> get, get a little stress right <laughs> Just, Just saying. I mean, he's cr- cr- crystal balled there. They got he, – he, he's a really – really special player and South Carolina is putting all their resources into landing him for the, for this class. So 
including sending uh, flyers around school saying, hey, if you see Nick Harbour on campus, give him a hug and a kiss uh, because we want him. We want him here. All right. I, you said right. he's a very special, special player. I want to explore that a little bit more. Now, his name is circulating on Twitter right now, but Elliot has been talking about him. RJ Young has been talking about him because he ran a four, excuse me, a six, six, four in the 60 meter yard dash. He's still in high school. He hasn't enrolled early and he's six, five, 235 pounds. Um, just to compare. So he ran a six, six, four. Devin Achan ran a six six three. This is according to Tim. Tim, what's Tim's last name? Halberstam. I'll I'll have to tweet. I'll have to or retweet our 20. Tim. Yeah, our Tim. Yeah, Albuston. Albuston. Uh, Tim. Tim. Th- these are uh, uh, some times that Tim tweeted out. But Devin Achan ran a, a six six three, and Tyreek Hill ran a six six one. So we're talking about Nick Harbor being six foot five, two hundred thirty five pounds, right behind two of the fastest people playing football right now all right this brings us to the question about him as a player matt and austin what position does this guy play matt and i'll throw this to you first and can you see him making an immediate impact as a freshman i think he should play edge he wants to play offense and that's that's gonna be the interesting thing here what happens like i feel like south carolina and maryland who is another team that he's like he's warm on, according to 24-7 Sports, are the two teams that seem most willing to allow him to possibly do both or whatever he wants to do to get him on campus. You just mentioned how fast he is. I mean, you just go look at our – we have him, I believe, at 21.6 miles per hour. He was in – I, I want to say it was the Under Armour one. Uh, he raced Dylan Edwards, who is 5'9", 160, who we have clocked at 22 miles per hour. And they had to race each other, I believe it was at least three, if not four times, to determine that Dylan Edwards was barely faster than him. And as you mentioned, this dude is 6'5", 2, wait, is it 6'5"? Hang on, let me double it. 6'5", 225, and he was keeping up with a 5'9", 160 pound running back who can run 22 miles per hour. I mean, he is the definition of special. He can play wide receiver and tight end. You go look at his huddle film. He's got plenty of plays, including ones where like they throw him the ball and he's literally pulling away from defenders with his speed. I just think he's extremely raw on that side and it's going to take a long time and a lot of development, I think, to really become any kind of offensive player. But if he goes on edge, you're talking about like, in my opinion, just and I don't pay a lot of attention to defense, so I may be speaking out of term here. The most special players that I can remember on defense were guys like Jadavion Clowney, Miles Garrett. Like, I think he has a chance to be better than both of those guys. Uh, he, he is truly special. And I think if he sticks on edge, he could be even better. So that's what I would want him to do. But whatever he decides to do is, you know, we'll find out. Oh, can I add real quick that oh. if he goes to South yeah. Carolina, they will they will play him where he wants to play. Um, from everything that I have heard within the program – they will play him wherever he wants to go. He wants to play wide receiver. He wants to play tight end. It doesn't matter. They just want this dude in the, in the room, period, because he is potentially the best size-adjusted athlete in the world. Not an exaggeration. Yeah, I don't I don't want to count out an athlete of his size ever. Like Cam Selden is that, you know, he's not quite that level of athlete, but he's pretty crazy too, and I'm like, I'm totally done with him and I don't have the balls to drop him below like RB eight. Cause the guy is just like such a phenomenal athlete. So I have the same reaction with Harbor. 
The thing that I actually think about him, like I, I do think that Edge is his better position. He doesn't have a lot of bend and flexibility at this stage. He's kind like he almost would have to be like a strong side edge and maybe with a hand in the dirt. Which, if you're looking at like career earning potential or you know like just you know think about the franchise tag in terms of value of the position, I don't know that like a a strong side guy is going to get that kind of money that if he just hit it big at wide receiver would. I mean, he's faster yeah. than DK Metcalf. Like DK Metcalf legitimately tried out for the Olympics last year, two years ago, if anyone remembers that. He's legitimately faster, so it's not like it can't be done. So I don't want to count the more. I don't want to count him out. I just don't know that like he's an mate like can't miss edge guy. So I get why they're they're possibly look. I actually think he would just be a better like tight end. Like just let him bulk, but I know he wants to do both. So like he's not going to bulk. He's he's already two hundred and thirty five pounds as a freshman. I, I think he's two twenty five. I don't think he's two thirty five, and I don't think even he'll if, get to two thirty five because he wants you to don't stay. Get to it's like thirty five. It's like Auching. Like I, I just like I he think he's going to want to stay like a lower weight okay. to run track successfully. Yeah, like, yeah, I think we're not going to see him hit like like I think he could get to two fifty and still be the most athletic yeah. guy on the field. But I don't think he's we're ever going to see him do that in high in college because he doesn't want to do that. Like he he wants to stay light for track. He wants so he wants to run track, and um, you know, we have our athleticism database uh, at campuscanton.com, including the tools. Uh, one of my favorite tools because it's it it's pretty neat where you can compare. It goes back pretty far. Uh, there's a real, and it's not just because he's grossed the ball to South Carolina. I actually think the Jared Cook comp is really interesting for him. I think he kind of profiles like is a slightly more athletic Jared Cook. Jared Cook was like one of the best athletes at his position. Um, he just weighed 250 and was like about the same size. If Harbor wants to play tight end, he could be a special, special tight end prospect. He, he I'd like to see him on defense personally. But I, I was just going to say, if you're talking about the positions that's going to get him the most earnings over his career, it's got to be defensive end. The, the oh, pass rush, rusher of that size and athleticism. Austin, you said he, he can get 250. I think he can get 260, 270. Oh, I still think he had could some too. of that. Again, I don't know that he I don't think he wants to wants to do that, which is kind of the he, issue. I don't know. And the, the comp that he got that way, I think he would be Ezekiel Ansa type, um, with that type of athleticism. Ziggy Ansa coming out of BYU even played like interior defensive line and then played D end uh, for, for the lions and some other teams before injuries caught up with them. So, all right, that is the Nick Harbor conversation. It's mock draft season. I see mock drafts. Um, actually, before we get to that mocks, you, are you ready for housekeeping? <laughs> um, sure. All right. Mox, housekeeping. Go ahead. All right, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure that you like this video and you're subscribed to our channel. We're having a bunch of content come out in the next couple of weeks as well. As we gear up to release our rankings, as we gear up for National Signing Day, there is a ton of content coming to the YouTube channel. Make sure that if you're watching, that you are liking and subscribing, as well as making sure that you're leveraging everything the site has available to you. We have, um, we've been consistently building our tools. We released our athleticism tool. It's recruiting season. We have a ton of recruiting ranks up. We have over 250, I don't want to say 250, 240 players uh, currently profiled, graded out on our site. That is a huge help during freshman drafts. And if you're listening to this podcast after the fact, whether you are on Spotify or Apple, make sure that you're giving a five-star review. And whatever you want to say, I don't care. 
Just give it five stars. Take your friend's phone. Give it five stars. I don't care. The reviews help us grow the brand and help us grow the format. And that is what we want to do with y'all's help. You're muted, Felix. Felix, do we have uh, do we have visuals for this next segment? We are going to be doing, and we're just hanging out. So we're going to be uh, analyzing these picks. Matt, let me just say, Matt looks like he is exhausted, and I don't understand. Matt, why Matt lives. Round Matt lives Matt, exhausted. <laughs> Roundtable Matt, campus life substitute Matt is totally different than Debbie debate Matt. But regardless, oh, that's true. It and he's muted, and he's muted himself. I was gonna say I disagree. Roundtable Matt's like look at looks at his phone a lot. <laughs> I at least stay pretty locked in here. All right, I'm ready to get this started. Do we have an order? How are we determining order? Should we go by youngest to oldest so I can start? How should we do this? We do youngest uh, well, to oldest. I'm, that sounds good. I'm, Why don't we just I'm go in order of you, Austin, Chris, me? Are you going to put oh, it on there? I was going to pull it up too. So, like okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Easy. You can go last. You can um, go last. You go there. Felix, Austin, me, you. That's fine. I don't go. I'll go third. That, I don't let me, before we, before we get into the actual picks, um, Austin, you're Mr. Zero QB. Are there any players that you would take before Caleb Williams and Drake May in startups? Yeah. It's, it, I think this is actually kind of a rough year to do zero QB. Like, if I have the first pick, I think I'm just taking Caleb. Like, there's no, there's no other guy. The only player that I think is in the discussion and I don't like it is Marvin Harrison Jr. And it's not because I don't like the player or the situation or the, you know, I mean, shit, dude, I'm not going to bet against a kid who's played like he did and his dad's a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Like, I'm not going to bet against that. I just don't like taking wide receiver that early in a draft. Like, I just feel that wide receiver is kind of a dime a dozen nowadays. So I, I think if I have the first pick, I'm taking Caleb. And then if I have the second pick, I'm probably trying to trade back in all honesty and let somebody else pay like out the butt for Drake may. Cause I Drake may kind of scares me there too. Matt, you've talked about your rankings. Um, and I think, I don't know if it was on campus life or the last David a bit, but, but just how there are so new players and unproven players. Do you think that it's going to be given that fact that it's going to be more challenging for newer C2C players this year, given that this 2023 NFL draft class it took it took a lot of established names, a lot. Yeah, uh, I think uh, Austin and, and Colin talked a little bit about on campus life this week, and I, I very much agree with what they were talking about. I feel like it's really good, like the top ten to fifteen at each position, and then like I have no idea what I'm doing after that. There's so many question marks. Do I just want to start going freshman? We have freshmen in some of our top ten, fifteen there. And I don't even feel like 2023 depleted that much. I felt like it depleted a lot more running back than anything else. But every position just feels like there's so many questions with quarterback and wide receiver. And this is actually the first mock that I've done. I've not jumped in any of the ones that PJ's done. So, like, I honestly don't even know what it's going to look like come round two or three. So I'm I'm very excited to see how exactly that plays out. Because I do think it's going to be a much harder year than, say, the past couple years. Even when... Was that a couple of years ago? We had DJ, you and Spencer Rattler going in the top five, and I still felt better <laughs> about those drafts than I do right now about this one. Number one, number one overall pick, number one and number two. Um, uh, anybody weigh in here? What what position group is the strongest uh, going into tw- the twenty twenty three season? Would you say it's got it? it well, at least in my opinion, it's quarterback. Um, mm. I feel pretty good about the incoming class, and I feel pretty good about the top two, Caleb and, and Drake. Um, I think there's a couple questions about the 2025 class, 
but you know, I, I like what I've seen out of a handful of them. I, I think Drew Aller is good. I like Cade Klubnik. I like Connor Wegman. I think quarterback's the deepest position currently. Um, I, and that's really bolstered by the 26 class, which is a, a really, really strong class. So I, I think it's wide receiver for me because of what Moxley actually just said. Like, I've got five, I believe, tier one wide receivers from that class, some of which are in my top 15. And there's a bunch of guys from last year's class that have dropped down a little bit because they didn't produce. And if a bunch of those guys hit, all of a sudden we're looking at this position being a whole lot deeper. I, I have a, I like Wigman. I, I, you know, I like, you know, uh, just looking at the list right there, Drew Alar, obviously Kyle McCord, I think is going to win the job. You know, Cameron Ward, maybe he has a back, uh, a bounce back year. Quinn Ewers, it's a lot of question marks. For me, the only two guys I feel good about are Caleb and Drake, and you only get them for one year, and then they're gone. At least with a lot of these wide receivers you possibly have for two or three years just based on the freshmen coming in and the guys from last year who have a chance to really kind of bounce back and have better years. Uh, which position group is the weakest? Running back. Tight end. I think run, but if we don't, if we care about tight end, I don't care. I, 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 I was going to say tight end, but I actually love my top 14 tight ends, which is more than I can say most years. I do think tight end is also C2C as a whole is actually very much like an, an information game. Like the person with the most information should probably win their league most of the time or do very well in their league most of the time and tight end more than most positions is an information position so i think like i I, the fact that i feel good about 14 today actually makes me feel really really good about the position as a whole right now oh that's that's crazy i actually won our c2c league that we put on this year wow (laughs) yeah chris has got the most information that's why you uh sub with us and uh that's why I tell new people not to draft this time of year, though, because there's just not that much information. Yeah. About the uh, the especially this yeah. year, it, it's yeah. it's it's tough to ask somebody that is not that familiar with the player pool to make some of these decisions. Like I don't feel comfortable making a lot of these decisions in January, and I've been doing this for for years. So, but can I can I actually ask who your tight end two is, Austin? Uh, JT Sanders. Yeah. I, I have Bowers okay. one, JT Sanders two. Yeah, makes sense. All right, so we're going to watch for JT Sanders and other players that are changing their names from the time they're recruits to uh, should be illegal, man. To just confuse it, Jalen Moreno Cropper, baby. <laughs> All right, so am I starting this off? Am I starting this off? Yes. You're going in yeah. order of right. screen. Do, so you're up. Yeah, and we're, do we're I need to? The best looking. Do I need to go to the sheet, or is somebody going to make the picks for me? I can't. I can't I'll make the picks. Yeah, I'm here on the screen. You're good. And picks. and go click on the. the... All right, so I'm going to take uh, Caleb Williams. I don't think that that one bears a lot of explanation he's like the safest pick uh probably going to be the number one overall pick in next year's draft he can run he can throw i would love to see him play within structure more i really would uh just just uh bring a little bit of cj stroud to your game and not so much johnny manzel i would love that so uh caleb williams i'm taking him number one do you think he pulls on pockets too early sometimes yeah for sure I think he oh, does yeah. it like a yes. lot, which is does it more. It, yes, it slightly concerns me, but he's just so good roll like throwing while he's running. I don't know that it matters, but the the USC offensive line was horrendous too. So like I, I wonder if that's part of his calculation. Very yeah, very well could be. I mean, it's not like it was he was doing stupid stuff. I just he yeah. bit like he would just it was like three steps and like he was already like nah I'm out of here. Like he didn't even take the full three step drop and like 
look what was going on a lot of the time. I thought it was very, very I'm weird. glad we get to go to Austin here second because it puts him in a conundrum, at least as far as his strategy and the player that he could take second. So, Austin, who you got at the 102? I am going to go Marvin Harrison Jr. Hmm. And I don't want to say that teams found out Drake May at the end of last year. I don't think that's the case, but I definitely think that he struggled in a couple of those late games because I think there was a little bit more tape on him. I still think I wonder new offensive coordinator losing his best receiver. I think this could be like this could be Justin Herbert again, where he really struggles that last year. Now Herbert like didn't have to go back to school. He chose to do it. May didn't have that option. But I really do think this could be a case where like May's third year is not that great. He slides down boards a little bit. He goes is like pick eight in the NFL draft and still has a very nice, successful NFL career. But I do think he's going to struggle this year. I think he'll lose value. Uh, whereas Harrison, I think no matter who his quarterback is, will appreciate value. He might not play the whole season either, depending on like how good he is. Like he might just finally say like screw it. But we'll see on that. I was really hoping to take Marvin here. That, that, oh. felt, like the, that felt like the slam dunk. Take thing. his quarterback. Take his buddy. His high school uh, take it. Of course, take Devin Brown right here. Take Devin Brown right here. Uh, that's exactly what you should do. I'm going to not. I'm taking Travion. I still believe he's wow. a running back one. Giving Chris a gift. I just, that's fine. I don't, I don't really care. I I somewhat agree with with what you said there, Austin, about Drake May. Maybe I'm making a bad pick there. I'm, I'm passing over him. There's just no guarantees with my NFL team. I'm gonna go young quarterback. I, I want a running back. I th- for me, him and Marvin Harrison are the two I don't think can necessarily miss. I feel like those injuries held him back a lot more than what we think last year. And I think he's in for a really big year this year at Ohio State. So uh, give me Henderson. Austin, before we go to Chris's pick, Austin, can you zoom in on the screen so we just see the picks and not the player pool? I think it'll be easier uh, visually when yeah. people are watching this uh, back on YouTube. Go ahead, Moss. Yeah, I, th- there's a, at least in in my opinion, a top three that I feel good with. Um, Henderson is is not in that. I have, I actually have more questions about him than I do about Drake May. Um, so I will go with May here. Uh, big fan of his coming in the into the uh, freshman year. He he's just an athlete. Like this dude knows how to play ball. Uh, really great size for the position. He was hurt at one point, and I think that may have affected him down the stretch as well. But I don't have a ton of questions about him heading into next year from an NFL draft perspective. To me, he's like a locked in top ten pick. I I I think that you can make the case over. Uh, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, if you want to do that right now. But for me, it's May, especially in um, the Superflex format. I've already heard a value NFL draft people talking about next year's draft saying that Drake May is not a very good athlete. And that's how you know those people are idiots, by the way. Yeah, they're, they're idiots. Drake May is so, like a really, Drake May was a really good basketball player, too. Like, obviously, like, like Luke May was a basketball player at UNC, but like, Drake Bates is a great athlete. Who, who's saying that? I've already seen it two different places from fairly prominent oh, people. Yeah. The the same places that are putting Shador Sanders in the same conversation of Drake May and, and Caleb Heisman Williams. As far favorite, as Heisman baby. Heisman Trophy Heisman favorite, favorite uh, Shador Sanders. Drake May is the perfect combination of player who plays it within and out of structure. 
and can run the ball. I mean, yep. He's the perfect combination of those things. Uh, I'm going to take my running back one here, and that's very easy to take Nick Singleton. Um, I think he's, you know, very close to being a Jonathan Taylor type. He's very, very safe. We're t- playing C2C here. Now, I know that he's going to split carries with, uh, I forget his name, from IMG Academy. But Catron Allen, that doesn't bother me a whole lot. I think he's a tremendous prospect. You know, he, he I, and he's the type of running back that I like, that converts speed to power, that lowers the shoulder, lowers the tackling surface. He does that in a tremendous uh, athletic uh, mold and body, and he's at Penn State, so we know he's going to like, you know, run a four three when he gets to the combine, jump forty inches, and broad jump probably sixteen feet. So uh, give me Nick Singleton here at pick five. Cool. Then I'm going to take Rocket Sanders, Raheem Sanders here. With my pick, he's my RB three. So I mean, this this is this falls right into to place there for him. Um, I, I mean, I, I like him a lot. He's got one more year at Arkansas. He'll be the lead back there. Uh, he's proving it against the SEC. Um, I actually didn't think I'd be saying this about him two years ago, but I actually do have some. Like he is not the top tier athlete that he has been made out to be. He gets caught from behind a lot. Now, not to say that he's he's a he's still a good athlete. He'll probably run a. Uh, in the four five low four fives but like he was supposed to be like a four three eight guy coming out of high school or whatever and he he's not that guy but still a really really good player three down skill set um i think he'll probably be a, an early second round guy in the nfl these are all different teams right like i'm not making my second pick for whatever they're different te- i mean i don't think yeah they're all different teams um so god this is just a uh, I feel like a homer saying that I'm taking Mecca here. I want the best next best wide receiver. Uh, I think he's going to have a great year, regardless of who the starting quarterback is probably uh, not even probably. I think he's going to be a top 15, 20 pick uh, in the draft next year. Rocket or Singleton had they fallen. I would have taken, I just don't love taking any of the quarterbacks here at this moment. So I'm taking Mecca. That's what I would have taken as well here. I thought maybe you were going to go with Quinn. Um, that's what I thought, too. Yeah, I thought that, oh, that's where we were going, so I was a little bummed. Um, I'm going to go Quinchon Judkins, and I was not his biggest fan, and I'm not sure that I'm still his biggest fan, but you give me that production as a freshman in the SEC, I, like, I, I think I need to acknowledge it and just say maybe you're substantially better than I thought you were. That's kind of where I've where I've come through. And at worst, if I'm taking him here, I know someone else values him this much. So I can at least make a move if I wanted to take him and package him for something else. So I I think you're pretty insulated until the season starts with value. Um, So I'm going to do a little game theory here. You guys said that, you know, tight end was the weakest position or somebody said that wide receiver was the strongest position. I think it's the weakest position. When I look at the guys who are in my top 10, it's going to be a lot of first year or first or second year players, guys who haven't really been the number one guy or haven't produced on an elite level. Like it's Marvin Harrison Jr. And then a bunch of dudes. So given that there's position scarcity there, and I'm, I'm going to go with game theory here because listen, this guy, he was the number one, receiver in his class he hit every single 
um, year one zero threshold. But I, I think that I think that there are two or three guys that are better, and I think that another wide receiver in his class is better. But that being said, you know, if he pops this year, his value is going to skyrocket, and he's gotten you know Julio Jones comps. The only problem is, is that he plays like Lavisca Chenault. You want to say his name? Already, it's already on the screen. I'm going to go with Luther Burden at Missouri. Uh, it should just be another season where they're putting him in the backfield, get it, getting him screens, but deploy him downfield. We actually saw that in the spring game last year. He had two catches, you know, down the field, but he just wasn't really used that way this year. Got to get away from the line of scrimmage, or it's going to feel very much like a, a LaVisca Chenault comp for me, but I'm going to take Luther Burden. I, I actually think he's he, he will. Athlete. You don't think what? he's as good as an athlete as LaVisca Chenault? No. I think he's a good athlete, but Chenault was a much better athlete. Chenault was Cordell Patterson before his time. After his time, I should say. <laughs> that was, that was funny. Um, all right. I, I've been listening to a bunch of NBA draft content lately. I'm I'm in in the to my knowledge, the world's first NBA C2C startup right now. So I'm like crash coursing this stuff hard. So I've gained such an appreciation for making sure all the player names and schools are mentioned like eight times because they'll just be like, oh, yeah, this guy. I'm like, I don't know who that guy is. Um, I'm going to go. Man, this is this is a, a kind of a dead zone here. Um, not, not feeling particularly great about any of the players. Uh, let's get crazy. Let's go Branson Robinson running back at Georgia. Let's go Branson Robinson here. He... And I don't know why, but like I can't get the images of him just absolutely destroying TCU's defense in that game. I don't care if it was close to the end of the game. I don't care if they were th- they weren't tired because guess what? They hadn't made a tackle all game. They were they were still fresh, relatively speaking. They weren't touching these guys. Branson was just running through guys. He was running around guys. He looked explosive. I think he's going to be like at worst the RB two there. And Kendall Milton, I've said this a bajillion times on a bajillion shows, has been there three years now, was supposed to be this great player. I think we know by now that he's not good enough to keep a player like Branson Robinson off the field, and he won't stay healthy enough to keep a player like Branson Robinson off the field. I can guarantee you both of those things. We just know that now. So Branson could be, you know, 1A instead of the 1B or or whatever as the season goes on. I want to see how he does as a pass catcher because I still don't think we know that. But I'm just willing to bank on like a Georgia running back is going to get drafted pretty early, and I think he'll really perform there. Kyle brings up a good point here in the chat. Let's say the names several times as we're going through the analysis so people don't have to rewind. Who are they talking about here, especially in mock drafts because we start talking about different players. So, Chris, when you make your pick, give us your player. Say his name a couple of times so people uh you know don't have Hey, to I'm not the I'm not the one who went on a, like a four minute soliloquy about the, all the things. <laughs> he was the number one guy. He's a he's a he's an he's an Aquarius. He he likes sitting here. All right. Um so I don't really love any of the running backs here, not taking a quarterback. So sticking strictly with my rankings, I'm taking Evan Stewart. He is uh my last high end wide receiver I have available. 
you know, we, we've talked a lot about what we think this offense can be at Texas A&M, especially with Connor Wigman now taking over full-time at quarterback. They're going to have all spring to work together. That is quarterback Connor Wigman with wide receiver Evan Stewart at Texas A&M, who I am taking, Evan Stewart. Uh, I think he has a chance to be really good the next two years in this offense uh, and so and probably end up being a first-round pick. Felix mentioned he was better than Luther Burden this year. I think he has a real shot to be phenomenal. So give me Stewart. There are a lot of ways that I think you can go um, after the 107 and uh, 108, depending on, you know, how you feel about Quinchon Judkins. I actually feel really good about the top seven, less so about uh, the next group, because I think it's pretty big. The player that I'm going to take here is, in my opinion, the number one quarterback in his class. And he's attached to Lincoln Riley. I'll take Malachi Nelson at the the one twelve. Um, it's early, like it's he's a first round quarterback. Um, as a true freshman, he will not play this year. He'll probably start next year, but this is a guy who um, I really, really like. And I I could have gotten a couple different ways with this pick, I think, but projecting. Uh, value from year to year. I don't see a scenario where Malachi Nelson goes later than the 112 in next year's draft. Like I think that he's just a locked in first rounder next year. I just don't. I I just don't, don't see the scenario happening. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take USC quarterback Malachi Nelson, the first freshman uh, off the board. Let's take a second to talk about this freshman quarterback class. Malachi Nelson, Dante Moore, Arch Manning, Jackson Arnold. I took a look at Jackson Arnold um, the last couple of days. And even like he's the fourth or fifth rated quarterback in the class, depending on whose rankings are looking. I'm like, Ooh, this dude, this dude is good. Um, Is this Alan true? Alan true loves him. Yeah. We got to get Alan on is, uh, is this quarterback class? I'm going to use an adjective here. Is it special, Austin? Is this is this freshman quarterback class special? Yeah, even if none of the other none of the other quarterbacks existed, literally the only top four were coming in. Yeah, I, I would say that they're all really, really, really good players. I feel really, really good about landing spot projection for them moving forward. I think they all have um, uh, well-rounded skill sets. Yeah. Yeah, I, was ahead, just, I agree with Austin on the top four. And then if you actually expand that out, I think there's a couple guys in like our top 10 that have a chance to get up into that level as well. So I do think this is a really special class. Matt, would you have had a, an issue if uh, if Chris took Dante Moore here instead of Malachi Nelson? I wouldn't have an issue. I wouldn't have done it. I mean, I wouldn't take Malachi here either, but he's – Probably, as as Mox mentioned, the best bet to win a Heisman because he's attached to Lincoln Riley. And I, I don't disagree with Mox's uh, explanation behind it either. There's a chance that he's probably a first-round pick next year, uh, knowing that he's going to be Lincoln Riley's quarterback for the next two years. So I wouldn't have an issue with it. I probably would not do that. I wouldn't suggest you do it. But I do think Dante Moore has a chance to be very special as well. I would a 1,000% be comfortable taking Malachi at the turn here. Just from like a strategic perspective, um, cause I know we, it's tough to talk strategy on some of these shows, especially as you're doing like a mock like this, if you're doing the college side first, I, if I'm picking at the turn here, I'm probably picking early on the NFL side. I now know that I only really have to probably take two quarterbacks and then I can figure out a third quarterback 
or something later if I've got Malachi. Because at worst, like Chris said, like the value's there. So if you want to trade him next year to a team that's struggling, like you could probably trade him to, for Dak the following year or something, or you know, like a guy like that, or or like in that range, and then fix your third quarterback situation over. So like just from a strategic roster construction standpoint, I'm really looking at these first two rounds and how I'm going to build out the NFL side, because those guys are the probably the most projectable. And I think Nelson slots in really well there, and that's kind of the strategy that I'm now taking with my two rosters as I think through this exercise. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Um, I just took him at 202 in another draft, so I'm certainly comfortable taking him in this range. And I, I, I it, It's earlier than you're probably going to see him go on any other show, but... Like Austin just said, and I, I said earlier, like I think it makes sense strategically. All right, so Malachi Nelson actually rounds out the first round of this draft. We go Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr., Travion Henderson, Drake May, Nick Singleton, Raheem Sanders, Emeka Abuka, Quinshawn Judkins, Luther Burden, Branson Robinson, Evan Stewart, and then the first freshman taken, Malachi Nelson headed to USC. That brings it to me with the first pick in the second round, and I – I wanted uh, Evan Stewart to come back to me. I was hoping that Evan Stewart would come back to me. Uh, and I'm going to stay here at wide receiver. I just think that that there is position scarcity there at, the, at that position with the guys that I feel comfortable with. So I'm going to go with, at the very least, the best kick returner uh, in the country, and he could get draft capital somewhere on day three just based on his kick return ability. And if he – continues to play well uh, at wide receiver. He'll get first-round draft capital there. Had his best game of the season against Georgia, uh, the uh, uh, one of the best defenses he played. And I'm going to take Barry and Brown here uh, with the first pick in the second round. Barry and Brown, Barry and Brown. Barry and Brown is who I was talking about. I did that whole thing where I talked about the, the whole time. Barry and Brown is at the top of the from, second round. Learned it from you. Um, really tempted to go Quinn yours here, but I'm actually not – going to do that but i am going to take quarterback here i want to go drew alar quarterback penn state i'm team 11 i didn't pick team 11's first pick but they picked evan stewart so just from a strategic standpoint if i don't take a quarterback here probably by the time it gets back to me i would assume dante moore is going to be gone connor wegman's going to be gone quinn ewers is going to be gone kate klubnik that that tier of player will all be gone and then at that point if i don't take him here i'm probably not taking a quarterback till around 15 like just how it's going to set up but i do like the value here for alar um he'll be the starter at penn state this year I, it, the offense will probably still be a little run heavy i don't expect a fantastic fantasy season but i think he looked good down the stretch last season freshman quarter he'll be the you know the starting quarterback at penn state that's a program that means something i think so uh i didn't say that don't clip that um so i uh i, I think alar is, is a good pick here at, for team 11 on the way back around yeah, I like it. I would have gone Alar here. So since you took him, I will take Quinn. Uh, I, I still believe that he will have the bounce back year in that Sark offense, a good year, uh, a good CFF season. And if he does that, he's going to get first round draft capital. I mean, you know, people can can say what they want about him, but NFL teams care about those stars and those recruiting rankings. And that perfect rating is going to matter even if he goes out and has a subpar season. If you want to play the value game, at that point, you can flip him. That's fine. But I, I think I, I'll just cap it at he's going he's gonna to have a better year. I, I believe that. So I will take him here since you took Alar. Matt, are you taking the over or under on a 59% completion percentage for Quinn Ewers uh, in 2023? I'll take the over. He's going to be at about 63. Okay. All right. 
All right. I think it's on. Uh, oh, it's on. It's on Mox. Yeah, there's a there's a couple really nice values here, in my opinion. Um, I want to go with another freshman. I don't think I will. I will take a guy that I. I'm taking all these guys that I don't like personally believe in, but I think are probably the right picks at their spot based on value and, and what they can do. And that's Braylon Allen. Um, at the 204, I don't necessarily know that you're getting a better value than him here. He's still the size adjusted athlete that we like. He's still raw. He, I mean, he was only 17 when he came into last year. In case you didn't already know that. I'm still, I, I don't love the offensive change for him and his production this year, but I still think he's a pretty good player. And I think running back after this thins out a little bit. And so I, I will take him just because I think that I might be wrong on his part. Part of it is just being wrong and possibly being wrong in his evaluation. Like I think he could improve to the, the point where he's a second round pick. And if that's the case, then I'm more than happy getting him in the mid second or like early mid second. It feels like yeah, the Tank Bigsby of his class, like a player that everyone fell in love with as a freshman. That I don't know that they got better. That could be him. But he's so young that it's hard to believe that he doesn't get any better. You know, he's only like twelve, right? And he never played running, or he was a linebacker or a safety or whatever coming in. So it's not even like you know. Yeah, it's his second year of playing running back full time. Yeah. I want to take safe picks early in C2Cs. The problem is, is there aren't a lot uh, in this in the, in in uh, this player pool in 2023. So you know you really have to be confident in projections. And in this freshman, I'm going to wide receiver again. I'm going to wide receiver again because again I think that there aren't a lot of established names there. So I want to get the guys who I think are going to be potential NFL day one or day two NFL draft picks or have the potential to be. So uh, I'm going to go to Clemson. I'm going to go to uh, Antonio Williams here uh, in the the second round. Uh, Apparently that was a good pick because I got some reactions here, but you know, there, there are about 10 guys that I feel confident in, maybe less than that, that I feel confident in at the wide receiver position and I'm just going to keep scooping these guys up because they're still running backs and still quarterbacks that I really like. I think that those two positions are deeper than wide receiver. I Antonio Williams, Clemson. Clemson! You saved me from myself because, again, I'm going to try kind of try to give the strategic reason as to why I'm making this pick with the team that I'm picking as I do it. Uh, team seven took a Mecca Buka in the first round and I would have taken it. Like I would have heavily considered Antonio Williams, but I really hate double tapping wide receiver the first two rounds because wide receivers are just such a dime a dozen. I think it's dumb to do that. I would never recommend that anybody ever do that unless there's just like stupid value that falls to you at some point. Um, Felix shakes his head. Cause he, I, this always confuses me. Cause you say you can never get your wide receiver pipeline down. And that just blows my mind. <laughs> that's, what, so, that's what I'm so doing right now. There's so many of them right now. That's exactly what I'm trying to do right now. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go Dante Moore with this pick. I I think that value-wise for Dante Moore, outside of Malachi Nelson, I think has the most insulated value out of any quarterback, like not just freshman, anybody going to UCLA there. We like Chip Kelly's offense a lot. Like, yes, he's not traditionally what Chip Kelly has had, but like 
let's figure that out later. He's just significantly better as a quarterback than anybody that he's had ever had. Even, you know, going back to Mariota and those guys, like just so much better than any of these guys as a passer. This is a good problem to have. I don't mind that he's not like an Uber rushing threat. I think that he's mobile enough. Um, and I think he can, like, I, I, I think UCLA can build something there over the next couple of years. I think they can have a legitimate top 10 team at least one year he's there. But what the reason why, number one reason why he has the most insulated value is because he's probably not going to play that much this year. We're still going to think all these things about him going into next year. And there's no room for him to prove us wrong as a freshman. He will almost assuredly go earlier than this. How, how is he not going to play this year? They brought in Colin, Colin Schley. Colin Schley is going to start all year. That's the plan. Yeah. But they can't have Colin Schley starting two years because guess what? You didn't recruit at UCLA. Dante Moore is a boon. You're not making him sit two years. He will sit a year. He will sit a year. I don't Schley's think it's player. out of the question for Dante Moore to start over Colin Schley. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just I didn't realize that we were thinking Colin Schley was that dude. Now I think that he's he off. I, he, yes, he has a lot of experience. He experience in an up-tempo system playing for Sean Lewis at Kent State. But, but Dante Moore just seems like he's different, man. It just seems like he is different. He's different. I don't I wouldn't I don't think it's out of the question that he starts from day one. Oh I, I definitely I oh, yeah, it's I a agree. less than one percent chance that he plays the opener. Yeah I less than one percent let us know in the comments do you think that uh, Dante Moore can start the opener? They're both new to the system. They don't, there's no incumbent there. So this is like different than, you know, when we talked about Kyle McCord and C.J. Stroud. They're, they're both new to the campus. They're both new to the system. See, I don't Here's, think it's out of the question that he's still One Here's, played high school, one played FBS football. Like, that, that's not – that's not in the, in the MAC. In the, the MAC. Plan, the plan for almost all of these quarterbacks, like they're aware of it coming out of high school. Like they sign on actively saying, yes, I am – like we, I will sit a year, I will learn college, and then year two, I'm ready to go. Like that is actively the plan. That is the pitch to almost all these guys. They're not saying, you know, we're going to start some bum ass dude over you, but they're the, the pitch to all these kids. I can tell you factually is that you are probably not going to play your first year. You will learn and figure it out. And then year two, you'll be geared up and ready to go. You know what Mike Tyson said about people with plans? Everybody got a plan until they get punched in the face. Who's going to punch UCLA in the face early in the year? I'm just saying, I think that you can get into practice in this. Dante Moore, Dante Moore is really good. We may um, show that on this at some point. Who who is that? Who who made that pick? It's me on Matt also. now. Yeah, it's on me. Um, I actually, I don't think he starts week one, but I agree with Felix. Dante Moore is going to start this year. He's not going to start week one, but he will start. Uh, I'm going. Raheem Sanders here. I wish we would have done this different so I could be picking for my own teams because I would have taken somebody different there at seven. I would have taken Kyle McCord to pair with Mecca. I'm going to take him here. I, I still believe he's going to be the starting quarterback for Ohio State. Fantasy points matter. I think he could have a Dwayne Haskins-type season, and if that happens, he's going to get draft capital as well. But give me the guy who's going to have a great CFF season with that offense. I'm here for it. Um you know, we've run a couple mocks at the site and the ADP will be up at some point. Um, I think he went like round seven in the first mock. I took him at 311. Like his ADP will end up between like borderline round three, round two, in my opinion. Him, so Kyle I, McCord, referencing Kyle. His, yes, Kyle, State quarterback, Kyle, Kyle, McCord, Kyle McCord. Kyle McCord, Kyle McCord, Kyle McCord. 
will end up somewhere around the two, three turn in my opinion. And I don't think that's bad value based on what you're getting. Cause I think he'll start as well. I almost took this player uh, last time around and I knew y'all weren't going to take him, but it's Brock Bowers. Yeah. Like I, I, I knew y'all wouldn't go that way. Um, I generally speaking draft a tight top tight end in my draft. If I can do it, uh, I have a lot of Michael Mayer. I have a good amount of Brock Bowers. Like Bowers, just a special tight end. He he's going to be a first round pick. He's uh, he's undersized. Like yes, he just is. Give him ten pounds, and I think that he's going to be a miss. I think he's already a mismatch. But give him ten pounds, and he might be a freaky mismatch. He's he's a phenomenal a phenomenal athlete who comps to George Kittle, Kyle Pitts. Like you look at our athleticism tool, it's only like dudes. Like, I think Vernon Davis and, and uh, Jared Cook are both on there too. Yeah. I, I will take Brock Bowers. So I think is a first rounder. And I, it, at the beginning of the drafts strategically, I want to minimize risk the most that I can. And I feel pretty good about projecting Brock Bowers into the first round of next year's draft versus some of the other players that'll probably go around him. So if he's available at the late second, like no question to me, I, I would have taken him at two Oh four. If I thought that y'all would take him, but I, I didn't think so. So I mean, I'd, con- I'd considered it. I mean, just thinking of safety, but I wanted to go, I thought, you know, Antonio Williams might be, might be safe as a slot wide receiver and punt returner. Um, Speak so this, this player. I'm not going to say his name yet. Uh, this player in three games, I think, kind of showed us what they can be if they put it all together. So his freshman season, he had a cat, uh, game with ten receptions. I think that was against like Illinois or Syracuse dude. You got to say like. the name if you're going to be this cryptic with the stats. We Donovan can't, Edwards we can't play this. Game. It's Don. It's Donovan Edwards. It's Michigan running back Donovan Edwards. And then this year with Blake Corm injured, so we we knew coming into into college that he was someone who could be utilized in the passing game, excellent receiving skills. He showed that his, his freshman season. The issue with Donovan Edwards was could he run between the tackles, could be, be a guy that converts speed to power, thumps, thumps through tackles, can carry the load, especially being a taller. Like Donovan Edwards is what, like 6'1 or 6'2? I think versus Ohio State with Blake Quorum out and then versus TCU in the playoff, he showed that. So if we package all of that together – it's really a really dynamic player considering what he can do in the passing game. Maybe he puts it all together in his third season. I know Blake Corm's still there, but I think that he eats into that timeshare a little bit more. And then quite frankly, I don't know that it matters, you know, if he doesn't get 70% of, of the touches at running back, you know, if he demonstrates the skill set, the NFL will still come calling for him on day two. So I'm going to go with Michigan running back Donovan Edwards here. He, he's not the same player. And I don't want to get it confused with um, Alvin Kamara, but like that was his comp coming into college twenty four seven. And remember Kamara's last year at Tennessee, like he split with Jalen Hurd pretty heavily in the backfield. Like if you believe in his receiving skills that much, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him still go. So no, no argument for me taking him in the second round. He's gone earlier in, in mocks that we've run this off season. Going to go. So this, this team at their first pick took Travion. I'm going to take another running back here. I'm going to go Will Shipley. 
Um, a guy that I think could go anywhere from pick like 10 to pick 26, depending on uh, who you're playing with. Uh, running back at Clemson, he'll be entering his his true junior season. I think he showed a bit more physicality this year than he did as a freshman. I think the new offensive coordinator will help him. Garrett Riley coming in from TCU. My concerns for him are twofold. One, that the offensive line is still going to suck there and they haven't done anything to address it. And then two, that they want to rotate him with Phil Maffa enough that he never really dominates from a fantasy perspective in college and then goes to the NFL and is kind of a one, like, you know, in, in a, in a two back system and then doesn't really dominate there either. At that point, this kind that pick kind of hurts that I didn't get like Uber production on either side out of him, but he can catch like he's got that, the, the PPR floor. Uh, but I think it would just be disrespectful to let him go further than this. So we'll take him here and pair him with Travion. Why not? All right. Yeah. two eleven. So I took Evan Stewart here with this first pick, um, had Shipley or Edwards fallen. I probably would have taken one of those guys. Uh, most of my running backs in the top 10 are gone. There's two left. One of my quarterbacks in the top eight is still here, and that is who I'm going to take, and that's Connor Wigman. I'm going to pair him with Evan Stewart. I uh, just like the duo there. We've talked a lot of, over the past couple weeks, specifically Austin, about how we think this offense can be really good. Uh, so I like taking the stack there, uh, and I'll be good. Connor Wigman, the uh, quarterback for the Aggies, uh, to pair with Evan Stewart. And by the way, just not that's not a stack. That's the Marvin Harrison Jr. team. But. What? 2-11. 111. Oh, I see. I, a, I'm used to doing this. Yeah. What's it called? But whatever. I don't care. Get a top wide receiver and, and one of my top eight quarterbacks. <laughs> so that made that decision like more challenging for me because I, I thought this pick would have maybe gotten in a different direction. I'm going to go Cedric Baxter here. Uh, he's the, or at least he's my RB1 in the class. I think being in that Sarkeesian offense is wheels up for him. I think that he might actually get some run this year. Not particularly worried about Jadon Blue at this point. Um, they got a couple veteran guys, but still, I, I, I really like Baxter. Getting him at the turn feels like pretty good value. Uh, there are a couple other players that I was considering here, but... I think he ends up going higher in drafts. And so I want to take him before someone else does. Because at the turn, you're getting the RB1. I mean, Nick Singleton went higher last year, and I think Singleton was a slightly better player. But still, I, I expect his ADP to rise. So if I'm in a draft, I, I want to be taking him if he's available to turn. All right, that concludes the second round. Austin, can you scroll up? I forgot the yeah, the so. 201 was. Um Barry and Brown. All right, so here is the second round in our mock draft. Let us know what who has the best value. Uh, how many times have you seen Matt yawn? You know, biggest reaches. Let us know all of that stuff in the chat. So here is the 201. Uh, uh, Barry and Brown, Drew Aller, Quinn Ewers, Braylon Allen, Antonio Williams, Dante Moore, Kyle McCord, Brock Bowers, Donovan Edwards, Will Shipley, Connor Wegman, and Cedric Baxter. All right, let's go to the third. We are bringing the content here. So if you need to split this up and listen to it, one on the way to work and the other one on the way home, do it, but listen to the whole thing. Let's go to the 301 here. Um, I'm going to continue 
with Chris's trend and taking freshmen. I'm going to go to the wide receiver position. I'm going to take USC's Zachariah Branch. However, I think that there is another um, running back that deserves to be, you know, considered in this the last two or three picks. And so I'll be interested to see if he's taken uh, in the next couple of picks. But Zachariah Branch, explosive player. USC doesn't have an established guy with Jordan Addison leaving. Zachariah Branch brings a lot of speed. He can turn punts if he actually catches the ball and doesn't let it bounce. He's going to be playing with Caleb Williams, and after that, uh, uh, Malachi Nelson in Lincoln Riley's system. Lincoln Riley has had success with Didi Westbrook. He's had success with Hollywood Brown. And there's another smaller-ish receiver. You know, Zachariah Branch might be more explosive. Is probably just as explosive as all of those guys. Uh, and, and you know, Hollywood Brown hadn't had the career that we thought. He's still an explosive player. So. Give me Zachariah Branch here, USC at the top of the third, 301. Yeah, team two here. I hate their construction from the standpoint of what I have to pick at this pick. They have a wide receiver in Marvin Harrison Jr., and they have Connor Wegman here. Um, no running backs on this roster, which I really like to have at least one running back in the first two rounds, and there's nobody, in my opinion, worth taking at this spot. Um, so I will, I'll shift, I'll go wide receiver and I will take Xavier worthy here. I have him at wide receiver seven. Uh, wow. I'm surprised that Matt's disappointed that he didn't get to take Xavier worthy. It's only because of the shit team three that's been built and I needed a wide receiver. So let, let me just say that I'm not like looking at who's on which, I can't even see who's on which well, teams. I'm like, I, the we best we're, we're doing that there. because this is supposed to be a mock draft. So we're supposed to be building these teams the way we would. That's why I said we should have picked teams and then just had us continually picking those teams. Cause I hate the way team three is built as well. I would not build it back to back running backs. Oh, I double tap running back in the first two rounds all day because then you don't have to take one in the first four or five rounds of your draft. You can go zero running back no, or hero running I back disagree. on the other side. When you, when you take Travion Henderson and Will Shipley, I disagree. Chefs, Henderson should chefs be fine. Kiss. There's some. Pro- there, there's there's easy projection there. Uh, yeah, worthy. Yeah, fast. You know, he'll uh, he'll do well this year. Good analysis. Worthy. Yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah. Fast. and he's draft eligible coming up too, which is a nice plus. All right. Well, I don't want any of my quarterbacks here. Running back, Moxley took the last guy I really wanted in Cedric Baxter. You just took Xavier Worthy, but I'm going to stick at the wide receiver position. Go with the guy that I have top six. uh, Probably a reach here, but I don't care. I'm going Matthew Golden. Wide receiver, Houston. Uh, I think he's going to have a really good year. We've seen how great uh, Tank Dell was in this uh, system. I know Austin – wait. Who's their quarterback? Is it Preston Stone? Or am I Donovan thinking Smith. Donovan, Donovan Smith. Smith. That's right. Probably. Which I am a little worried about, but regardless, should be fine there. And then they are moving into the Big 12, which we he can't have that. He's only a G5 receiver knock on him anymore. This Even before when they did not have good quarterbacks, the system has continually produced wide receivers. I, I just think he's going to be absolutely fine. So give me a guy who should be probably a top. 24 to 36 CFF wide receiver and probably getting pretty decent NFL draft capital. Austin said earlier that there are two players he felt that would maintain value. Um, Quarterbacks that would maintain value. And there's three. And the third is Arch Manning. Hint Manning. Um, I don't dislike Arch, despite, you know, thinking that he's not the number one in his class. I, I think that 
Moore and Malachi Nelson are a tier above him. Still think he's a very good player. Still think that he thinks the game at a high level. He needs to get, he just needs to be more consistent. He didn't play very good competition, but if you're going to give me a player with the last name Manning at the beginning of the third round, I think that makes sense. I don't know how he loses value. If he steps in for Quinn Ewers and he doesn't look good, the argument is going to be, well, like he was a true freshman. It doesn't really matter. I, I, think that he's just going to go higher in next year. And I actually think he'll go higher in drafts as well. Um, you know, I know we don't like him at campus cam as much as, you know, some other quarterbacks, but I do think Garch Manning's still a really good player. And so I will go with another freshman. I, I am content. And my strategy in general is taking freshmen. I, I think that they have insulated value. And I think that their upside has not been truly revealed in the way that some of the, um, year two, year three players have been. So, yeah, I'll take Arch. You know, I, I think that his value has a potential to vary widely based on whether or not a C2C or consumes our, our content or someone yes. else's because I think, you know, people who listen to our content are generally going to consider him after Malachi Nelson and Dante Moore. But I, I could see someone taking Arch Manning in the first round of a Debbie or a C2C startup based on the name and what other uh, companies might say about it. I could see that potentially happening. So, all right, this is, um, it's, it's tough. I don't know exactly where I'm going to, actually, I do know where I'm going to go here. This is the running back that uh, I thought could have been taken earlier. Um, uh, Kansas running back state at Kansas um, has produced as a freshman and as a sophomore, you know, I don't know that he has the ceiling of some players that I could, you know, a freshman that I could take, but I'm going to take Kansas running back Devin Neal uh, here. I think there's a potential that he stays all four years, but he still has an all-purpose skill set. You know, he, he has uh, he has uh, his size is okay for the position, um, and uh, they're building something good there at Kansas, and he's going to be right in the middle of it. So there's a potential that he could come out uh, uh, this next year. But he might stay all four years. Either way, either way, probably what an RB two or three for me in CFF. So I'm going to get those th those points for him. So give me Devin Neal here. Very interesting. Um, there's been some some transfer portal shifting, which has kind of altered what I would normally want to do here um, over the past couple of days. Uh, does team six have a quarterback? Yeah, oh, they fucking took Kyle McCord. Okay, I can't do that then. Um, what a waste of a pick in the second round. Okay, just give me Travante Citizen here then. Uh, running back, he'll be his second year at the U. Um, they don't really have anything else there. Like, he's going to play. I was reminded that they do still have Don Chaney there who I did like once upon a time, but he's just been absolutely ravaged by injuries and not banking on him. And then it's Henry Parrish, and that's it. Then, it, then it's Citizen. Was a top four back for me in last year's class. Three down skill set. Um, really good athlete. I, I, uh, I'll take him here. Uh, but it's definitely a risky pick. Uh, I, I will fully admit that. Yeah, that's who I was going to take. So I'll go Justice Haynes here. Uh, doesn't This team does not have a running back. Uh, Mecca Buka, Dante Moore, which I do not love starting out. I would have gone running back before this. Uh, but there's not really anybody I, I love left. I've got one other running back. 
uh, ranked fairly highly in um, Jace McClellan, but I like Justice Haynes' talent more, so I'll just take the freshman running back here. So, Matt, I want to ask you real quick, since you said you would have taken running back before. Yes. You took Mecca first. Yes. And then looking at the running backs that went after Dante Moore, Edwards, Shipley, Baxter, like you would have rather taken one of those at that point? Dante Moore, yes, because I don't have a massive separator. Malachi is my clear one. I do not have a big drop-off from Dante Arch. I don't remember who I have it for. Maybe Sam Levitt. But my next couple guys, there's not a massive drop-off between those guys. And Malachi Nelson, I'm fine not getting Dante Moore and then getting Arch later or Sam Levitt late. Like Sam Levitt's not going in the top five, six, seven rounds. I believe he could be one of those guys who's special. I'll take him later. I, I don't necessarily buy into the freshman QB stuff that you and, and Moxley do, mostly because we've also seen that those guys do lose some value. We We say they don't. But sometimes they do if they don't go out there and perform or if they don't get on the field. Like Malachi is the only one I think does not lose value because he's attached to Lincoln Riley. If Dante Moore does get a chance to go out there and sucks, which I don't think will happen, but if he does go out there and suck, Arch Manning may not be ready even by next year. We don't know. Like there's just a lot of questions I have on those guys. So I would have taken probably Baxter over Edwards or Shipley, to be honest, but I'd have been fine with any of those three over Dante Moore. Despite wanting to cause chaos, I will not do it here um, and avoid taking the player Austin will take in the next round. I'm really torn between two quarterbacks, um, and I've just been taking quarterbacks the whole time. I'm going to go Ty Simpson. I think that he is the starter at Alabama, and I liked him coming out. He was a five-star. He comes from, uh, I think, a family that he had all the access to resources. His dad is the head coach at UT Martin. Um, like he's a little out of control, I think, feels his content to Johnny Manziel, but I think his out-of-control is more in control than he gets credit for. And if he's the starting quarterback Alabama this year, then he's just going to go in like the second round of drafts, period. I like, I just, I find it hard to believe that he's going to be lasting to 308. And that's only, in my opinion, the possibility that Jalen Miller will start, which to me is like less than like 10%. I just don't think Jalen Miller is the guy at Alabama. I don't know that we're getting to the challenging part of this draft yet, but I think we are getting to the point where. Some of these are are shots at ceilings. You saw Matthew take Justice Haynes. Uh, Austin took Trevante Citizen. There, Chris just took Ty Simpson. None of these guys have played, and that continue with my group because I'm going to take Roderick Robinson. I mean, how can you a Georgia running back who's built the way he is? That feels like a pretty. I'm shooting for ceiling here, but also you know I'm relying on the 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 uh, program that they have the track record that they have at, at uh, developing running backs. And so, you know, I'll, I'll take a shot here. I'll take a shot on a guy who I think is probably his value is just going to uh, increase after this season. If he doesn't get a lot of touch, I think that he could get, he could get time uh, this season. So give me a uh, Roderick Robinson here at a uh, pick three Oh nine running back freshman running back headed to Georgia. Yeah, pick 10 then. I'll take Jontae Cook, the incoming freshman wide receiver, going to Texas. I thought about taking him uh, a pick or two ago. I am 
slightly more concerned than I was a week ago with AD Mitchell transferring in there from Georgia. I thought like Isaiah Nayor is nothing. If Jonte Cook, you guys are you is, guys are crazy. Jonte Cook would, would play over him in a heartbeat. Dude, you want to take the guy who runs a four Dis- six from Wyoming coming off a blown knee? Disrespectful. It's just not okay. just about speed. It's not just about speed. Quint Ewers needs a catch radius guy. Needs a, a, an X wide receiver who can yeah, it's make Mitchell up for now. accuracy mistakes. No, it's, it's no, AD it's, Mitchell okay. now. All right, okay. Dude, Isaiah Nayor will have under thirty catches this year. And he honestly, yeah, might but not ten of them get, might be for touchdowns. He honestly might not even get close to thirty. This is this is as we get closer to the season, we'll have an Isaiah Nayor uh, bet. Please, as we get closer to the season, please, please. All right. Um. So yeah, Jonte Cook. I, I I still like him. Matthew, uh, before you make this pick, describe for us how you're feeling. Be honest. With what? I hate this whole exercise because I hate that I'm picking multiple different teams and I, I hate every build that I'm getting stuck with. Uh, but outside of that, it's awesome. Uh, Drew Alar and was it Evan Stewart were my first two picks. So again, I need a running back. I don't want to take a running back here, but I will take Jace McClellan. Um, I just talked about how I might have taken him at the last pick. I think you're getting fairly decent value here. He's likely going to be the lead back at Alabama if he has a decent season. We know that that matters. It, doubt he's going to get high-end day two draft capital, but maybe he gets third round if he has a a really good season with Alabama. So I'll I'll take McClellan to kind of give myself some type of running back for this team. I have not been paying attention to the team structure because I... Me me neither. I I just don't mock that way. These two nerds Um, in the middle have been paying attention to team structure. Yeah, so so I'm team 12. Team 12 currently has... Malachi Nelson and Barry and Brown. Not a not a bad start. Not a bad start, but we're gonna double dip at quarterback. This is a player that I was very, very low on, then became much higher on. And dang it, Austin. Austin, if you're watching on YouTube, Austin already filled in the doc because he knows who it is. Um I'm taking Clay Kopnik, the quarterback at Clemson. I love the hire they made at offense coordinator. I think that they can be uh, a far more productive offense than we've seen the last couple of years under a Tony Elliott. And then, um, and then Brandon Streeter this year, Garrett Riley just like opens the playbook up substantially coming in from TCU. I really, really think that, club and it could outperform expectations and i i liked him a lot more ending the process and i actually thought he played pretty well when he came in in stints like he's had a couple throws that i thought were really impressive throws um one against syracuse where he like threaded the needle between two defenders that i think was probably his best throw all season but i getting i like getting club Nick here and i I like getting Ty Simpson at my earlier pick. Obviously, a different team, but Dante Cook was the guy that I was. Uh, I knew Austin would take, which just to prevent the chaos and allow Austin to spout on his guy, I uh, I avoided it. All right, Austin, if you could scroll up for me, I'm going to yep. recap round three. We are, you know, we, we've gone long. I mean, it's the off season. We don't have anything else to do. Uh, I think we may pick this up next week. Let us know in the comments. 
else to do. If you want, if you want, if you want us to pick this up <laughs> next week, as I'm listen, I'm getting chastised in the private chat saying this has to end. This has to end. But I want to pick it up next week because I think that you know uh, our audience would benefit from seeing us go a little bit deeper in a C2C uh, mock draft, especially given the landscape of college football right now where there are so many new players and we got to see where the values are. So here is round three, uh, starting at the three Oh one Zachariah branch headed to USC, Xavier worthy going to Texas, Matthew golden, a little bit of a wide receiver run there headed uh, at Houston arch Manning, the Manning, uh, kid is going to Texas there at the 304. Devin Neal, Trevante Citizen, Justice Haynes, who we just had on this episode, taken at the 307. Make sure you listen to that. Give us a rate and review. Come on now. We got Justice Haynes uh, on the show uh, talking about who the funniest uh, kids are in the locker room there at Alabama. Give us a like. That's worth a rate and review. Uh, Ty Simpson, Roderick Robinson, freshman headed to Georgia. Jonte Cook, freshman headed to Texas. Jace McClellan, who should succeed Jameer Gibbs there at Alabama. And Cade Klubnick at the 312. So hopefully, hopefully, uh, you enjoyed this episode and that you'll come back with us. I, I think that it would be a good idea to to continue this exercise next week. Matt, uh, Austin, Chris, any thoughts on that, on continuing this next week? Sure. Like you said, what else are we going to do? You know, It's the offseason. Okay. Why don't we just there- go through 10 rounds tonight? Come on, let's just do it. I would. No, 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 no. Don't even try me. I Where's would. the end button? Where's the end I button? Would go, I would go. Apologies, again. Kirk Herbstreit, to you. I was – all right, all right. So uh, I hope – this has been one of my favorite episodes that we've done of the day in th- almost three years of Debbie Debate. So hopefully the audience enjoyed it. But that is going to be our show for tonight. Apologies to Kirk Herbstreit. You ran out of time. We will get him rescheduled soon for Matt Bruning and Austin Nason, Chris Moxley. I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25, and Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State national champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Alabama, Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama. And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years. Their 17th overall. And for Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks at the end zone. Hunter and Bob caught it. Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro. And Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill, just in front of his end zone, has a man out there. It is Ranger, and he's off to the races. Nobody will catch him. Freshman.
made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry. He'll add to that. Goodbye. Touchdown, Ohio State. From 52 yards.